I love what they talked about about um, when she was mentioning like when you're pregnant with your first kiddo and how you read all the books because that was actually in my notes first, I promise. No. I was going to share just a similar story as we get started with the new year that I was thinking back um, the differences of pregnancy with first versus pregnancy with third and how I, I did such a strict diet, you know, I did all the right things. I avoided every kind of caffeine, even tea, and I am a sweet tea-like fan. Take me to McAllister's, please, somebody. And, and then how with Caden, my second born, it was like, okay, I'll have tea once a day, you know. <laughs> how the, how the, the, bar, the bar just changes um, because we have these qualifications of what we think it takes to be a mom. Um, but as we, as we do all that to ourselves um, in our lives and other areas, um, I just want us to go to scripture today. We'll be in Colossians, so I'll, I'll go ahead and pray us um, through to get us started. God, I thank you for the, the unity that's in this room, not just because we're all women and we're moms, God, but the unity that I just feel in this room with your spirit. Um, that we can have unity with women that have just moved here from other states because we just know that they know you too. I thank you for that, um, that bond that we have as sisters in Christ, God. Um, and I just pray that you would give us the eyes to see who you say we are. Um, and as we see that, God, that, um, that you would draw us to your word, Lord. And I thank you for today and for the encouragement um, from Aaron and Casey and our, our worship leader too, Lord, to just to draw near to you and to, and to let you fill us up, Lord, so that we can be givers um, to our families and our communities. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. So the key passage for today is in Colossians 1, verse 10, and it says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so to just give us a little background on Colossians, it was written by Paul, possibly while he was in prison in Rome, and he was writing to this church in Colossae um, just to to keep them on track because there was some false teaching going on that was diverting them away from Christ. And so he's kind of giving them this frame of reference, um, going back to the basics with them, that Christ is Lord. And what does that look like in our lives when he's Lord of our lives? So I have a pretty lengthy passage. I think she has it for you up there. So we'll, we'll just dive in. Um, verse 9 says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, when we'd like to know his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent or first. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. 
And you, who were once alienated and hostile in the mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you do continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So where I want to park us right now is um, point number one is you are qualified. Because in Colossians 1.12 it says he has qualified you to share in the inheritance. And so we can go quickly to the dictionary just to look up the word qualified. And a lot of times we think of qualified for a job, qualified for motherhood. We look at that word and, and think that way. But in this usage, he's talking about being qualified for an inheritance. And so he's talking about heaven. And so um, the dictionary definition is that you are entitled to a particular benefit or privilege by, by fulfilling a necessary condition. So if we think of inheritance, you know, in today's world, you get an inheritance because somebody you're related to dies or somebody um, that maybe didn't have children, they chose you, the lucky winner, you know, to pass on their, their inheritance. And so you have a, an inheritance because you are now an heir of God because of Jesus Christ's blood. And so what qualifies you is not your efforts, it's not your heritage, it's not your um, to-do list that God accomplished, it's because he has qualified you. Um, which brings us to verse 13, when he says, you have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. So you belong here. And so I just wanna, I wanna translate that here as we start our first, um, first mops of 2019, that you belong here in this room. Um, if you're the introvert like me, you know, in 2017 when I joined, I, big groups, I did not like big groups. I liked small groups, but I knew I needed to get out of the house and I needed to connect with other moms. And so I thank you for taking that challenge if you're the introvert for joining a group. And I thank you for, um, for putting in that effort, that extra effort that it took to um, get you in a room full of women. And I hope you feel that you belong here because you do. But also, in, in context with this scripture, he's saying you belong here in the light. You don't belong in the darkness anymore. So I want us to think about areas in our life or in our heart where we are not living that truth that he says you're not in the domain of darkness anymore. That you are transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. So your citizenship is not in that domain of darkness anymore. And then lastly, what we can see from the scripture is um, there at the very end of the chunk I read you in verse uh, 22. It says, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. And so um, a lot of these churchy words, sometimes we can just, as I shared with you guys in December, we can just read right over. We're familiar. We can say, oh, this is just a very long introduction, Paul, to the book of Colossians. Let's get to what I'm supposed to do. But I think if we can just camp out on each of these words, um, just with our regular dictionary definition, holy means to be set apart or consecrated for God. And God says that's what you are. You already are. You are holy because of Jesus Christ's blood and because you've been transferred to that kingdom. And the next word he uses is blameless. And this one is where I really, I almost got choked up reading it because I thought I knew what blameless meant, like, you know, without blame. That seems kind of obvious. 
But the word that, um, that jumped out, it, it says, innocent of wrongdoing. And I think sometimes we don't see ourselves as innocent of wrongdoing. But that's what he's done. He hasn't just wiped away our sin like a white, white erased board where you can kind of still see the remnants of the marker on there. He has washed it completely. And so in, in Christ, you are innocent of wrongdoing. And that puts us in a different headspace, right? Whenever we're thinking of our goals for the new year or how we want to spend our time in the Word or if we're feeling that challenge because of what the girls just shared with us. Um, if we realize that God sees us as innocent of wrongdoing, as blameless, then we're not doing this begrudgingly or we're not pursuing Him out of guilt because we feel like we have to. We're doing it because, wow, He has called us blameless. And that brings us to the last one. But she says, you are above reproach. And so to address somebody with reproach, it says um, to express your disapproval or your disappointment in. And I think we've all experienced that at some point in our lives where we felt reproached by somebody. Like we could just tell by their tone or their look on their face that we've disappointed them. And, and women, that is, not, that is not how the Father looks at you. He does not look at you like that because this verse says that Jesus, by, his, um, by his, his body of flesh, by his death, has presented you above reproach in front of God. So God does not look at you with disapproval or disappointment. And doesn't that sound like somebody you want to spend time with and want to know better? Um, and so above reproach adds a little bit of more to that definition. It's such that no criticism can be made against. There's no criticism that can be made against you. So anytime you get those, that's one of our discussion questions later is your, your inner criticism that I think we can all struggle with at times, is that there's no criticism that can stand against you because of the blood of Christ. And so anytime you have those inner criticisms, if it's not a convictional Holy Spirit that's moving you away from sin, then it's a criticism. And so whatever it is, we need to be armed with the truth. And we can't be armed with the truth if we don't know the truth, if we don't spend time in the truth. So that's my challenge um, for you. It's just like verse 23 talks about, about not shifting from the gospel, about being stable and steadfast. Let's be women that encourage each other to do that. Um, it's easy to jump on it in the new year. And so let's take advantage of that, of that ease of... of turning a new page, you know, like I, I'm a journaler and I love getting a new journal. It just feels like something new is about to happen. And so let's, let's take advantage of that. It doesn't have to be um, forced. It can be like, like the girls were talking about. What is that one thing um, that stuck out to you today? So as we just um, rest in the qualifications that God has on our lives and we rest in, in knowing that those inner criticisms are not the truth, um, my prayer is that we'll be drawn to spend increasing time with him so that we can increase in our knowledge of the Lord. And like they said, um, increase in that sanctification of becoming more and more like our Savior. Because at the end of the day, it probably won't matter if I drink tea or not today. <laughs> but it'll matter if my heart was um, focused on the Lord and was um, aimed toward that. So I just want us to spend our, our emotional energy on focusing on those things that matter for eternity. Because... 
God has uniquely placed you in your family and uniquely placed the kiddos that are in your family for you to influence them. So I'm just so grateful for you guys. And um, I'll pray us out right quick before we go to our discussion questions. God, I just thank you for um, your word. I thank you that every bit of it is useful and profitable. I just pray that you would bless this time in our conversation, that we would be an encouragement to each other no matter what, what stage of life we're in or what stage of our walk with you that we're in, God, that we would encourage each other and just um, be witness to how loved we are, God. I thank you for your sweet son, Jesus, and for his blood that has purchased for us um, this new identity, God, and help us to walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen.